Welcome to the Taylor and Jen podcast. Morning, Taylor and Jen. I like to eat barbecue, mm-hmm. and then for dessert, have the little fried donut holes that have been rolled in powdered sugar. Mm. That's how you do it right. Okay. But what if the donut hole was a squirrel? It almost became like a competition. My birthday tradition growing up. Yeah, birthday competition. What was it? My grandma did pinatas better than anybody I have ever known. Like the thing that you get to hit that's filled yeah. with candy? Like a homemade pinata with the paper mache and everything. She made pinatas? And she would go like hardcore on these things. And so we would try to come up with the most elaborate pinata themes we could do. Like one year I wanted a knight and so she did like a silver ball and she even made a visor and like a plumed feather to go over the top of it. Wow. And so we would just see what can we like can we stretch grandma's artistic abilities to make a new <laughs> a new pinata. But then she would challenge us because have you ever worked with paper mache? Yes. Okay. She would start working on these piñatas like a week before our birthday. Okay. And just like every day, a fresh layer of paper mache. And then another layer. And then another layer. Oh, boy. And then another layer. <laughs> Jen, these things... Indestructible? You you could sharpen a diamond on these things. They were that hard. Oh, no! And, and you would come through, and we'd have like full-strength metal baseball bats. We'd have like pipes from the barn. And it was... You would hit that thing, and it would break your wrist. Because of how hard it was. I remember we actually broke a bat against this pinata. So did you finally get into him? We did. I mean, we would have to like put it on the ground and like start stomping on it and drive a tractor over it. Replace the tire on the tractor. You seem a little bit indifferent towards birthdays. Are you I, kind of? I mean, it's it's a fun chance to go out and eat good food, watch a movie. I love birthdays. Jen does birthdays big. <laughs> I love other people's birthdays. I love my birthday. <laughs> and I just want to hear about your birthday traditions. I grew up in the Philippines and in my home country, most of us, for the first year of life, we celebrate monthly birthdays. So everyone, we have a cake and a little celebration that like every month we have to celebrate and a small family get together. Oh, that's fun. I love it. That's great. You literally have a celebration every month? Yep, every month until the big party of the first year. Taylor had a birthday. (laughs) Happy birthday, Taylor. Thank you, Jen. All right, so we're talking about birthday traditions. We celebrate our birthdays for a whole week. Okay. We'll go to a movie or we'll go to a dinner, invite a few people, get the restaurant to sing happy birthday to one or the other. Usually (laughs) usually it's me with the big sombrero on. Yeah. uh, And then we do things like just go grab an ice cream cone in the evening, take a ride with the puppy and go out to Sailorville or something and just a little something every day and you know, just to make it kind of special. I love that, I love that. Frank. Just like the little yeah, small yeah. pleasures. That's beautiful. Yeah, yeah. So it doesn't get too expensive, but, you know, it's just to show that you care. It's a special day, and we've been blessed to be alive as long as we have. Talking about birthday traditions, because we have a birthday boy here, yeah. Taylor turned... 33. I was going to, I didn't know if you wanted me to say the name or the number, but there it is. I'm fine, 33. 33. Now he's officially four years older than I am. It's, yeah, weird how that works. No, I love it. It's awesome. Sandy had a really cool birthday recently. The year that I turned 60, I was absolutely appalled that I was turning 60. I didn't want anybody to know. And then I decided, nope, I needed to get over it and I needed to do something fun. 
So I did a 60K hike at Wildwood Hills Ranch, and I made all of my friends <laughs> donate $60, and we raised about $3,600 for the ranch. Oh, my goodness. That is awesome. I used to volunteer down there, and then they had a run, and it was just a 5K run up through the hills, and it was very challenging. Yeah. And I realized that I had been riding horses up there and saying to the horses, oh, come on, suck it up. It's not that hard. (laughs) Then I realized it was really hard. It took almost 12 hours, but yeah, it's about 37 miles. That's a lot of miles. Wow! I did go find the horse that I had said, suck it up. It's not that hard. I did go find him and apologize. Oh, good. (laughs) You're feeling low, Mm. not quite as good as you could be. Mm. What's kind of your go-to thing to make you feel better? Hmm. That's a good question. I mean, I eat junk food, which is not as healthy. <laughs> We've talked with Dr. Heidi about that, yeah. Taylor. Maybe I've got TV shows that I mm-hmm. just know they're going to make me feel happy, get my mind off of it. If yeah. I'm feeling really healthy, kind of go to the gym. Yeah, I think I think that might be my thing. Go to the couch, mm-hmm. turn on TV, find one of those old favorites that just kind of, you know, buoys my spirits yeah. a little bit. I did a lot of that during the pandemic oh, shelter absolutely. in place time. You know, I would leave here, go home and watch something that would just make me smile. And I think some of that can be really good. I also think this is really interesting. Mike Donahue, he's the lead singer of 10th Avenue North, uh, tweeted this. I think I saw it yesterday. He says, sometimes when I'm feeling low, I roll through my contacts and remind my friends why I love them. Quick text, call, whatever. Strangely, it seems that complimenting others can often pull me out of a depressed heart space. Fully recommend it. Wow. Isn't that interesting? It's a great idea. It's a really outward-focused self-care. Can you imagine being the person that gets one of those texts? I've been that person, and it makes such a difference. Have you ever heard the phrase, lower in a snake's belly? I grew up in Texas. I have heard that. (laughs) That's where I was about three months ago. Mm. I was having a uh, really, really hard time with some things in my life. And and I was having a day. I mean, a day where it was I just felt like Atlas and that the world was on my shoulders. Mm. I didn't feel seen or heard or loved. And I was low. And I was sitting on my couch Literally just contemplating the idea of, am I just doing everything wrong? Why do I feel Mm. so sad? You know, do I need to strike out on a new path? What needs to change? Right. And then all of a sudden, ding, you know, your little phone. And sometimes I don't grab it right away because I don't like to be attached to my phone so Mm -hmm. much. But this something in me was like, go ahead and pick up your phone, Jen. So I picked it up and I flipped it around And there was a text that said, I don't know why God has put you on my heart, but I woke up this morning thinking about you and I've been praying for you all day. Let's chat soon. And it was from a friend of mine who used to be a very close mentor and Mm -hmm. then she moved to a different state, but she was reaching out to me from that state in that very moment that I was at my lowest. Isn't that cool? It was... It was such a God thing that I literally looked up into heaven and I was like, (laughs) thank (laughs) you. Taking care of me. (laughs) I appreciate that so very much. But she had no idea where I was. Mm -hmm. But by reaching out to me, she pulled me up out of that pit. 
Talking with artist Ann Wilson, new to Life 107.1. She has a great song called My Jesus. Now, if you take the time to watch the video for My Jesus, you see the video is about a family who loses a son in a car accident. And the video is from the viewpoint of his little sister. Well, this is actually the story of Ann Wilson and her family. She lost her big brother in a car accident. So grief has been a big part of her story, but so has great memories of her brother, Jacob, and she shared a great one with us. Oh, my goodness. I was just talking to my mom about this yesterday. I think I was in first grade, and he was eight years older than me, so whatever age that would put him at. Yep. And so he had school off that day, and my mom had to go teach. I woke up feeling kind of sick that morning, and so my mom was like, okay, you can stay home with Jacob, and he'll watch you because he doesn't have school today. And so she called him at lunchtime, and she was like, hey, Jacob, like, how's Ann doing? And he was like, she's doing great. We, she just finished eating lunch. And my mom was like, oh, like, what did she have for lunch? Like, I, I didn't know that she would have an appetite to eat because, you know, she felt sick. And he was like, oh, well, I made squirrel for her. Squirrel? And literally. <laughs> I was only first grade, but I remember this like yesterday. Jacob went out into our backyard and he killed a squirrel. And then he like skinned it and cleaned it and gave it to me to eat. And you ate it. Oh, so good. I ate it and it was delicious. He like served it with powdered sugar. And so you like dip it in powdered sugar and it was so delicious. Had he cooked squirrel before? Like this sounds like an experienced squirrel chef. Yeah, he would cook rabbit, squirrel, and deer like pretty frequently. Oh my goodness. I didn't really eat stuff like that. And so I never really had that kind of meat. And it was so delicious. <laughs> I will never forget that thing. That is the sick day food squirrel and powdered no! sugar. It's so not the sick day food. Oh my goodness. I could probably ingest squirrel stew uh-huh. of some kind, but not squirrel and powdered sugar. I'm, I'm really trying to picture it. No. You know, when you do a barbecue has dry rubs, usually the dry rub is savory, but it's like a, the sweet barbecue family and you do a dry rub of powdered sugar. Okay. See, what I like to do is I like to eat barbecue savory mm-hmm. and then for dessert have the little fried donut holes that have been rolled in powdered sugar. Mm. That's how you do it right. Okay. But what if the donut hole was a squirrel? (laughs) Okay, I'm going to admit I am a city kid. (laughs) So this whole world of eating squirrels and rabbits and stuff like that, that's that's a little bit foreign to me. Uh But but I knew when we were talking with Ann Wilson and she was talking about how her brother, you know, made her squirrel when she was sick that one day. I'm like, we're in Iowa. So there are going to be people who track with this. They they like squirrels. They eat rabbits. They eat that kind of stuff. And yep. that's cool. It's just not me. Joan checked in and said she totally understands, Anne. We lived on a rented farm. We were so poor. We had a few chickens, a few cows, a few pigs. We had to keep them alive. We lived on squirrel and rabbit and fish and turtle and probably a coon or two. Oh, boy. <laughs> yeah. What what does squirrel meat taste like? I'm really curious. It's wonderful. It, my mother would fix it, braise it in a top, you know, flour it, and then cook it with uh, some liquid in it on the top of the stove. And she wasn't much for spices, but it was so tender and really, really good. Delicious. Tender. So, I like squirrel better than rabbit, actually. So okay. what do you think of Ann Wilson's brother dipping it in powdered sugar. I've never heard of that, and I'm not a sweet person myself. Hey, what's up, Kelly? I called to talk about squirrel. Oh, okay. I love this. Okay, 
gross. <laughs> that is so gross. <laughs> I heard it, and I was, like, walking through the bedroom getting ready, and I heard, like, squirrel with powdered sugar, and I thought, oh, gross. Unless yeah. I'm eating French toast with powdered sugar on it, watching a squirrel run by, I am not up for it. <laughs> that is so gross. That's deconstructed. It's, yeah. <laughs> oh. Very much so. Is there any situation, Jen, where you would eat squirrel? Well, sure. I mean, end of the world, kind end of. The, okay, end of the world. <laughs> no food once, around. Once it's the apocalypse, I can't Jen get would a eat squirrel. Tenders basket. <laughs> <laughs> well, we've got someone here to try and peer pressure you into squirrel. You guys are city slickers because squirrel and biscuits and gravy is about as good as you'll find. Really? Absolutely. I'm an old country boy. And I grew up on that stuff. I'm not going to tell you how old I am, but I was born in the 60s. Okay. okay. <laughs> Got it. But no, squirrel and biscuits and gravy. Okay. You cannot beat it. Once upon a time, a long time ago, when I wasn't as smart as I am now, mm. I thought I wanted to be in the world of academia. Okay. Okay. I went to a lot of school. And I was on the West Coast. I was actually in San Diego, right? And I was with a woman who was high up in the world that I wanted to go to. So this was a woman who I really respected, educator, published, all that stuff. Very important to impress her to get networked properly. And we went to dinner in San Diego. And without inquiring as to what I would like to eat for our appetizers, she ordered a giant tray of oysters. Oh, yeah. Okay, no. <laughs> no. Not anything that I was ever interested mm-hmm. in eating, but do you think that I was going to tell this woman who I respected an awful lot no to these oysters that she was fawning over? I don't feel like slurping down your briny <laughs> slime. So, uh, I think it was Oysters Rockefeller at that. So, I watched Ooh. as she, she picks up the half shell and she puts a little bit of the sauce that's supposed to to go on it and then she does this Uh and I'm like sitting there and I'm like (laughs) I know I don't exactly have a poker face so I'm sure it showed I was like yeah okay down the hatch so I do the same thing one one oyster one oyster that's all you could handle never again nope did you ever go out to dinner with her again? <laughs> nope. No? Did you I ever speak the, to her again? I left that world okay. very soon. After that's, that's why. That's why Jen went into radio. She's like, I don't like oysters. Don't like- they don't make you do this in, in Christian radio. <laughs> Sometimes peer pressure gets you to eat food. Sometimes it's a good thing. Sometimes it's not. What happened to you, Paul? I have a girl that I'm trying to date, and she said in order for me to date her, I have to try spinach, and I like spinach. This is canned spinach. Oh. I know, right? This is like Popeye fuel. I dumped it out on a plate, warmed it up in the microwave, took it to a couple of bites, and then I fed it to my chickens, and they really loved it. (laughs) (laughs) Have you ever heard the phrase, upon further review? Uh Uh-huh. So, like, you look at something one time, and then you walk away from it, and then you bring it back again because you want to get a second look. Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, the original movie with with Gene Gene Wilder, Wilder, um, came out 50 years ago this year. Mm -hmm. 50. It just turned 50. 50. I 
as a child, I can remember being really, really excited when Willy Wonka was going to be on network television. Yeah. It was a little bit like Wizard of Oz, and we got to watch TV at night because yeah. nighttime was when mom and dad got to watch the TV. Mm-hmm. But when something like Willy Wonka came on, we got to watch the TV. Yeah. Okay. And so we were really excited and we watched it. It was Willy Wonka, the Chocolate Factory, There's and candy. there was candy everywhere yes. and singing, and it was colorful. Fast forward all the years later that I have my own children, and I'm like, we should watch Willy Wonka. And then you start watching Willy Wonka. It's it's a little creepy. No, no, no. No, it's terrifying. <laughs> that that scene where they go through the tunnel and he just like recites this random poem. That's... And the scene where the kid gets stuck in a tube. Oh, man, that I mean... gets me claustrophobic. And then one turns into a giant blueberry. I mean, really, upon further review... Willy Wonka is kind of a scary movie. There was what you just looked up an article about it and they described it as tender and terrifying. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, that's actually pretty good. Upon further review. Yeah. I mean, with Willy Wonka being 50 years old, you have to kind of go back to the original and you look at it and you're like, okay. As a kid, I was so excited to watch this on the TV. When you watch it again, you realize this was a scary, terrifying movie. And, you know, maybe you've had one of those movies, a after further review. Yes, but it's backwards. Oh, it's backwards. When I was younger, I absolutely was terrified when I watched E.T. I don't know why, but I was so, like, the whole neck. I'm afraid of it, too. I I have not watched it since. (laughs) Well, so then I watched it with my kids within the past couple years. Uh I'm like, oh, okay, it's not that bad anymore. (laughs) Boy, when I was younger, I I, I had to hide under my covers. It was so scary to me. There was something about E.T. He was just a creepy little dude. The neck and the little finger, just no. And when he's, the, the scene that's scarred in my mind is when he's hiding with Drew Barrymore's stuffed animals. And she yes. finds him and she screams. I was like, it's a doll alien. We're- yeah, so definitely traumatized. And now I'm like, eh, it's no big thing. Okay. But I probably just traumatized my own children. So who knows? Were, were they afraid of it? Um, That could be debatable. <laughs> After further review... After further review... Maybe that movie wasn't exactly what I thought it was when I was younger. I have had that with uh, an animated classic. It's one of the top movies of all time on many lists. When I go back and I look at Toy Story, there's some stuff in there that's a little weird. (laughs) A little? I mean, that creepy neighborhood kid Sid and all of his little toy mutant thingies... (laughs) You, so wait a minute, you loved this as a kid yeah, and now you're afraid of that it? That was a great movie, but like I've just been thinking about this of empathizing with the toys. Like imagine you go to sleep as a perfectly normal looking buff action figure and then you wake up and instead of legs you have a bouncy sticky thing and oh yeah, your head is now a duck. <laughs> I would be horrified. I think it's hilarious that you identify with the buff action figure. I, you know, I, you see yourself in different different characters. The Taylor and Jen Podcast is a product of Northwestern Media, a ministry of the University of Northwestern St. Paul. You can hear more from Taylor and Jen weekday mornings online at life1071.com or on the Life 107.1 app.